Hi, and welcome to Freelance to Founder Shorts. I'm Preston Lee. I am Clay Mosley, and you've probably heard our in-depth coaching calls with everyday freelancers who want to scale their business. Now, we're helping even more freelancers each week with Freelance to Founder Shorts, five to 10-minute episodes focused on answering one question from a listener like you. To promote your business on our show and get your question answered, visit freelancetofounder.com slash ask. And now let's dive into today's question. Hello, my name is Paul Chris Luke. I'm from PCL Labs. I was on the podcast maybe two or three years ago, and one of the primary pieces of advice that I got was bringing an operating person, someone who can help you organize that. And I did, and it's been great. Um, and we have scaled considerably. Over the past few months, we are signing larger and larger contracts. My question is, how do you make a marketing plan for a large brand? Because even though I've been doing marketing for 15 years, all the marketing plans and the things that I've executed have always been basically notepads, which part of me feels like is a way that it's done. And then other part of me is like, if you want to really present yourself well, you should have a good presentation with your plan and how you plan to execute. How do you make something that looks good to a large brand? Oh, Clay, this one's going to be fun because you and I, even though we're entrepreneurs at heart, we are marketers. <laughs> it's like where we have really uh, found our stride. And so I think we're going to have some fun advice for our friend, Paul, Chris, Luke. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with some of our best answers on how to build a marketing plan for big brands. You hear us talking on the show all the time about social media and the importance of marketing yourself online as you grow your business. That's because social has played a huge role in both of our businesses as we've grown them, but actually getting customers from your social accounts to your website and ultimately to make a purchase can sometimes be more difficult than it should be. If you need a simple solution, I recommend you try getting a .bio domain from Porkbun. That's .bio, .bio. You can put it in your LinkedIn bio. You can put it wherever you want to put it so that people can get directly to your website. We've partnered with Porkbun. Porkbun a lot over the years for two reasons. First of all, we trust them and they offer better deals on domain names than anyone else that we know about. And right now you can get a .bio domain name for less than $3 at Porkbun. So for less than a cup of coffee, you can get a short, memorable, and professional .bio domain name to share yourself with the world. Just visit porkbun.com slash freelance or click the link in this episode's description. That's P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com slash freelance and you can get a .bio domain for $3 right now. Hey guys, you've got enough tough decisions to make every month as you grow your business. Picking your next great book to read should not be one of them. With Book of the Month, you can forget about the hassle of browsing through endless shelves or scrolling infinitely through an overwhelming amount of book options online. Book of the Month simplifies the process of finding the next great thing to read by offering a carefully selected lineup of five to seven titles to pick from each month. From gripping thrillers to heartwarming romance and everything in between, I'm personally really excited about this new announcement from Book of the month, curated audiobooks. Since you're listening to podcasts, I assume that you like audiobooks and you're like me, you're more of a downloader than a page turner. And this is your moment. I'm right here with you. I've picked out my selections for March already and you can too. Joining book of the month is super easy, very affordable. Plus for a limited time, new members can get their first book for just $9.99 with code CHIRP. Visit bookofthemonth.com now to pick your next great read. That's bookofthemonth.com with promo code CHIRP, C-H-I-R-P, or click the link in our show description.
Oh, man, another call from our buddy Paul Chris Luke. He is uh, working double time here to get some answers out of us. <laughs> but we really appreciate it. Okay, so here's what I'm hearing, Clay. You can tell me if you're hearing something different. I'm hearing, he said very blatantly, how do you make a marketing plan for a big brand? Not necessarily that his brand is big, but but that he's been approached by some clients that are like some sort of big name companies, um, maybe lots of employees, kind of elite. And he's a little bit intimidated, it sounds like. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, how do I draft up, you know, like so far, all of my marketing plans have always just been like on a notepad or in a Google Doc. How do I like, you know, draft up a marketing plan worthy of this big brand so I don't come off looking like a fool? Yeah. I, I kind of wanted to ask you, Clay, like what I know this is putting you on the spot, but like what's the biggest product or company you've ever done marketing for, ever had to draw up some sort of marketing plan for just off the top of your head? Uh. Probably the biggest, the biggest one I've ever had to pitch was for a university, like a pretty, mm, pretty yeah. decent sized university. Yeah. Um, outside of that, uh, uh, actually a a regional, a regional uh, business. So, like when I say regional, like they're they're in several states, uh, U.S. states. So yeah. several locations over several states. So that, that's probably the biggest one. I've I've never had to pitch just for context take it for what it's worth. I've never had to pitch like a big national or yeah. international company. Yeah. So. Me either. I've, I've done some fairly big regional stuff like at my day job before I yeah. started working full time for myself. But, um, like probably the biggest I did was like, um, for a movie company and, and, you know, it ended up being like a pretty big movie, a few million in the box office, uh, which for a local movie was, you know, a big mm-hmm. deal. So like, you know, there was a lot of pressure on that one, and we definitely stepped up our yeah. game in terms of what we were presenting for marketing on there. So I think we have a little bit of experience on it. Um, what's your take, man? Like, does he need something special? Does he just stick with what he knows he does well? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, actually, I'm gonna take a step back. I did. <laughs> I forgot. I did pitch and land a a uh, a chiropractic company that that does franchises all over the country. So. Mm. Um, I, I forgot about that. So, and I forgot, and I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. Now it's like all coming back. Right. Yeah. It's all coming I, back. as a college student, so this only half counts, but as a college student, I pitched, uh, the United way. Oh, okay, uh, okay. yeah. So like it was, it was still like a regional branch of the United way, but it, you know, mm-hmm. it was, they cared, like they were a big organization. They cared what their marketing looked like and mm-hmm. they had hired us as students to come up with a marketing plan. So yeah, it's been a minute since then, but yeah. Okay. I so here's my take on it. I've pitched everything from mom and pop to mm-hmm. to these to the big national brands, um, and and I I've kind of stayed away from the national the big brands on purpose just because yeah. it, yep. it in my opinion it's a lot easier to land a mom and pop kind of established business. Um, but here here's uh, and I'll talk about the difference first. So the difference between the two is mom and pop. Uh, you can literally just like right there at the table, give a verbal to the mm-hmm. owner, sign mm-hmm. here, done. It's it, like, it's done. Yep. Um, with your bigger brands, you're going to cut, you're going to have to cut through a lot of red tape. Yep. You're going to have to meet with a lot of people, a lot of layers, um, probably multiple meetings. So it, it's much different. And, and, and also the way that, these two types of clients uh, are like, as far as like receiving pitches and proposals are quite different as well. 
So you got your smaller brands. They're used to, let's just sit at a table, have coffee. Let me hear your pitch. And then they give you yeah. a yes or no. Yeah. Um, your bigger brands, the way they receive proposals is quite different than, than that. It's they, they fully expect something to be super polished in my mm -hmm. opinion. Um, and so I think that's the way you got to go. I think not super polished where you got to bring like a whole team in to pitch it, like where you have to have a big slide deck and all. I, I, I don't think you have to go to that extent. You can, if you want, I think there is a such, such thing as doing too much. Like, yeah. Over, overdoing it. For yeah. Sure. Overdoing it. I think it's okay to come in as a single person, um, as your team and represent your team. I think whenever you are, whenever you are pitching, I think it's important to showcase that you have a team, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. and it's not just you. Yep. But you don't have to bring in the entire team. Yeah. Um, and then when I say polished, yeah, you got to have something other than a written notepad or a plain Google Doc that's just typed up in regular black and white <laughs> yeah. letters. Like, I think it's got to be just, just like get a simple slide deck. Um, and I think that's fine. Like, it doesn't have to be super... Like, I wouldn't go Prezi. You know what I mean? Have, mm -hmm. Are you familiar with Prezi? Yeah, yeah. All the animation. Animation. Like, don't go that. Like, that's yeah. super distracting. That's, to me, that's that's it overdoing is. it. Um, I think the biggest key takeaway here is as long as you solve their pain points, just like the smaller brands, as long as you solve their pain points, you should win the contract. Yeah. And, and keeping in mind, like, I love what you said about the red tape, because one of their pain points is I have to convince my boss about this. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, in addition to the actual marketing pain points, you're going to solve like you would with a mom and pop place. You now also have to solve the pain points of like, I have to convince my boss and my boss's boss that this is a good idea. And so there's going to be stuff they're going to need like collateral. Mm -hmm. They're going to probably need some numbers. Like it, it's got to not be off the top of your head in a notebook. You're going to want to prepare way more than you do probably for a smaller bid because it's it's a bigger deal um yep. i i think too like you know we're always harping on people about communication over communicating for me if i were to do this i i would hope that i would have a relationship with the person i'm pitching to that i would be comfortable just saying we want to give you what you need you know coming back again to this pain point of like convincing their boss we want to give you what you need what would you like to see in a pitch like do you want to see a full outline? Do you want to see a deck? Mm -hmm. Do you need us to come verbally present it? Do you just want a PDF? Like, what do you want? And just let them tell you what they want. And then you can totally just satisfy their needs as opposed to guessing and totally getting it wrong. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. I think also sales ability comes into play here. Um, not mm -hmm. that it doesn't with smaller brands, but here's, here's what I mean. If you're talking to a small business owner, just like local mom and pop shop, um, you're talking to the business owner who probably wears 17 different hats, but there's probably one, two, three different things that are super high priority for that business owner. And if you hit those priorities, like you're going to win the job. Now, the difference is with these big brands, you're going to pitch multiple layers of people typically. So you, what you're probably going to have to do <clears throat> is you're going to have to pitch this to um, let me back up a step. You're going to have the same pitch deck, right? Same exact information. Don't, don't change it up depending on who you're talking to as far as content, how you pitch it, I think 
gets changed up depending on who you're talking to. So if you're if you're first if the first layer is you're pitching it to the marketing person, well, I would probably touch on the other areas but put a big focus on the marketing. And then and then whenever you are pitching to the IT guy, okay, maybe you should like touch on the, all the areas, marketing, finance, HR, mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then do a focus on the IT. Same thing with like the the CFO, right? Yep. So touch how on does the it marketing. The bottom yeah. line. How does it impact the financials, right? Yeah. Make that yep. the focus. So depending on who you're pitching to, that is going to be their focus. And but make sure that they know that you included all the other things in the deck. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Mm-hmm. Tailoring it to who you're talking to. And I would say maybe my last piece of advice too is to just like keep it pretty simple. If you know you have to go through layers of people, the last thing you want is for them to like zone out. Like let's say you're presenting, okay? Uh, either zone out during a presentation or get tired of reading a PDF or watching a video or whatever. Like the last thing you want is for them to zone out, to forget the key points and not be able to pass those along to their boss. Again, this comes back to like them being able to convince the rest of the company where it's this size of a company that you should be hired. And if they can't get across your main value points, then that's never going to happen. So you got to keep it simple. And, and to keep them from zoning out, like don't read the slide deck. Oh my gosh, please do not read the slide deck. If you do a PowerPoint or something, please do not just read it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like limit your words. Like that's a whole different episode of what makes a good and bad uh, slide presentation. That, but. that will that will determine. I guarantee you, if somebody's re if somebody is reading the slide deck more than they should. In fact, in my opinion, a slide deck should just be there to keep you on track mm-hmm. um, of your talking points, and that's it. But like if somebody's reading anything at all on a slide deck, you know what that tells me? That tells me they actually don't know their own product. Yeah. They didn't prepare. They don't know what they're talking mm-hmm. about. And they don't care about their presentation. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It's like if you're having to read it, like how do I know you're you're the actual expert? Like do you know your own stuff? <laughs> like, yeah. I just no, assume 100%. no, which they could. They could you can literally like hire an actor to go read your own, your, <laughs> your slides. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, this is why sale, like say like salespeople are, have so much talent. Um, mm. but like if, if I would say, if you're having to read it, like go get some sales training or something. Yeah. It would definitely be worth it. All right, man. Well, Paul, Chris, Luke, that's uh, your second one, man. I don't know how many more of these you want, but we'll keep we'll keep throwing them out there if you keep <laughs> calling in. So thanks, buddy. And uh, if you want to come have your question answered as well, we'd love to do that. Just visit freelance2founder.com slash ask. You submit a little video or audio clip there uh, and we'll do our best to answer your question. We're not always perfect, but we have a lot of fun doing it and <laughs> we've heard it's helpful. So uh, Mr. Clay from getdrivenfy.com, thank you so much. Really appreciate you being here pleasure. See ya. See you later. Thanks for listening to this Freelance to Founders short. Subscribe in your favorite podcast player for more shorts and full-length coaching sessions each week. Freelance to Founder is a collaboration between Milo, Dripify, and the Podglomerate. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app by visiting freelance2founder.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, tell us why by leaving a review. Until next time, thanks for listening. See ya. See ya. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, 
or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply.